Welcome, welcome listeners to episode 11 of the Simply Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Josh K, and I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. First, if you liked the episode, please do drop a like, uh, comment, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, I'd obviously like to start off the episode by thanking our sponsor, IPS Insurance. Insurance so good, you'd hope something bad happens to you. And I'd like to thank you guys for supporting the show in any way that you can. This week, I've invited two very accomplished female athletes on the show, Nikki Todd and Sam Cornette, have taken the time to join me this week, um, and give. And we're gonna have lots of fun. Uh, I've brought them on because they really have that you know female perspective. Um, they they've experienced it um, between you know men and women. Uh, they've been there in a lots of cool events, Pan Am Games, Commonwealth, uh, World Teams for squash. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, I think I'd like to talk with them between, you know, opportunities squash has given them and, you know, that that imbalance possibly uh, between men and women when it comes to media and money and possibly fame, having that platform. Uh, I'm going to have lots of fun. I hope you guys enjoy the episode as much as I do. Uh, But before we get to anything else, let's quickly recap what's happening in sports. We're coming up. NBA is less or probably exactly two weeks away uh preseason starts in just a week uh but man it's it's getting it's getting hype uh fantasy is already starting i know i've got my big school northern secondary school draft in a couple days so i'm getting prepared for that all the mock drafts i can do getting prepared with all the different you know scenarios i can get writing down all the notes uh but if you guys have any uh, questions about any opinions I got on the NBA season, uh, please comment them down below. Um, I'm going to try to, you know, give you guys some answers. Maybe in a couple weeks, I'm going to do a Q&A episode. Uh, at, you guys can ask me whatever you want. Uh, and then finally, the big, the big awaited Mike Tyson uh, debut from the last 15 years uh, out of the ring. Him and Rory Jones Jr. fought. And it ended in a draw. Of course it did. They seemed very okay with it. But the big talk of that night was actually the undercard. Uh, Jake Paul and Nate Robinson, ex-NBA star Nate Robinson. Jake Paul knocked him out cold in the third round, I believe. Second or third round. It was crazy. The NBA players were not loving it. Didn't think Nate Robinson was uh, you know, showing, showing the true love, the true strength of the NBA. Uh, but you know, Jake Paul's calling out the big guns now. He's already called out Conor McGregor and thinks that he can beat him. So we'll see about that. I don't think he will. I think Conor McGregor would destroy him. But that's it for the recap. Uh, not much going on. I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about NBA in the coming weeks. But we might as well get our guests in here, Sam and Nikki. I would like to welcome two very talented athletes, two very talented women uh, that I know in sports Sam Cornette and uh, Nikki Todd, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Hi. Josh. Having us. <laughs> no problem. This is this is gonna be fun. Uh, I've been I've been telling some people that you know we've done like ten episodes, big milestone already. Uh, but but we're missing we're missing that you know female perspective. Uh, I haven't really heard any any opinions from from your guys, so I'm really interested to see what we can talk about today. Um, but. Before we start, uh, I thought we'd give the fans a little bit of background between the two of you. Um, both are very accomplished uh, in in the sport of squash. Uh, I've been 
playing with I've played with both of you uh and you know if you can if you can see Sam is repping our team right back here the BNR Beavers yeah sorry Nikki didn't make the cut this year but maybe we'll get her in future maybe we'll get yeah Let's go, get that get that hat off get that hat off uh anyways um first first we'll start with Sam uh I know that can we call it you know semi retired from squash is that correct play i'll always play oh uh, yes yeah, so you'll always play it'll never leave but now you're in you're in school now you 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 stop squashes for a bit and, you, and you're going to school correct correct yeah yeah so so i'm sure squash will always be that you know hobby of course and of course you still play for the beavers so that'll that'll always be something um but <laughs> but nikki you're obviously still still a pro going uh singles mainly but you know the recent discovery. We'll talk about your top. Talk about your doubles career. That that's really that's really going forward. Um. Yeah. At least one of my rankings is going in the right direction. <laughs> um, I guess. I don't know. I started playing doubles when I moved to Toronto, kind of just for fun. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think it's because I like a little more chaos. I like playing more cross courts, not so much straight. Mm -hmm. Um. So I really took to doubles and. <laughs> So I like to run a lot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's gone well for me so far. Yeah, number number one in the world, I might add. And uh, she's go she's going for the record right now. Without we won't talk about the fact that maybe it was because of COVID. But uh, you know, you're almost at a year now, number one in the world. So uh, we'll keep that going <laughs> strong. There's no tournaments. And we almost won the Ontario's this year. We came just short, but you know, we'll we're looking to next year. That that's the goal. We're looking to next year. Yeah. Um, so let's get this going. We, we might as well. Um, sports obviously have been the biggest thing in our lives. Like, I, you know, you guys a little more than me, but I can include myself in it for some, some, uh, aspect. Um, but squash mainly has, has opened up so many cool opportunities for you guys. Uh, and I thought we just I think we just share it with, uh, with the fans here. Just talk about some of the opportunities that squash has opened up for you. Sam, if you'd like to start us off. Yeah, sure. I I could go on and on. That's a, a nice question. Um, <laughs> story time. Yeah. I think um, one of the coolest things about squash is that it's involved in so many different multi-sport events. And they're great goals for us to strive for um, so that we get to not only compete, um, but we get to watch athletes from all these different sports compete, travel to a new place, mm -hmm. um, be in like an athlete village uh, sort of situation. And I think that that's one of my favorite um, aspects of being a pro and being on the national team. Like Nikki and I went to multiple events um, together and uh, Commonwealth Games is really cool, Pan Am mm -hmm. Games is really cool. So I think that's one of my favorite things about like the, what, you know, what we've got to experience yeah and and people always don't realize because squash has yet we've lost some pretty bad arguments we have yet to get into you know the the olympics and i guess some of those bigger events getting known worldwide but at the same time behind the scenes you get to go to some really cool places i know nikki even even recently you went to you know india and south africa and like you you go down to bermuda or something like that right to just to play or go play a tournament or you know go to some event which is super cool um and i have I, I obviously haven't experienced that just yet um but yeah nikki if, if you want to continue here um i know you've gone to some pretty cool places 
Yeah, I think that's a big perk for sure. Um, just being able to see the world doing what you love is so cool. Mm-hmm. It also got me on this Simply Sports podcast, which is amazing. It's, it's set no, me up no, for fame, that, I'm sure. that has nothing to do with it. We we just love you as a person. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you places that you would never go or think to go. Um, squash has allowed me to go. You know, for example, none of it. I would mm-hmm. have never probably traveled there. Um, Mm -hmm. or had a reason to go there, but a squash exhibition opened that up for me, and it's such a cool place. Um, So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I know, Sam, you just mentioned it a little, that you guys have also gone to, like, Pan Ams. Uh, You guys are both on national teams, and those... uh, Were you guys on... Were guys, either of you, on the world's team? Were both of you? Yeah, a few times together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so stuff like that. I even hear it nowadays with, with kids in juniors now or just leaving juniors that are on the world's teams. Oh my God, the places you get to get go are insane. Uh, I feel so special even, you know, if you travel with Squash Ontario to go to the U.S. Open, you get to go to Harvard or some cool university down in the U.S. But then world's teams, you're going to like Egypt or something insane like that. So, you know, if, if there's one specific that you'd like to talk about, but just that, that aspect of like Commonwealth or Pan Am's, uh, if either of you want to talk about that at all, uh, I just find that super cool. Yeah, I can. I think just to kind of elaborate on what you're saying, I had the exact same experience as you when I was younger than you are now. But just the fact that with squash, I was already traveling to like cool universities, going to the states when I was I don't know 14 or 15, going to South America for junior Pan Ams. Mm-hmm. Squash has these opportunities that other sports that I was participating in didn't like hockey I had to be really good if I wanted to be you know traveling anywhere outside of Canada right mm-hmm. um squash um I worked really hard but it had all these opportunities to travel before um maybe because it's an individual sport as well mm-hmm. but I could travel to all these cool places so early on in my career and it just gave me that bug uh, of wanting to pursue it and wanting to be better and wanting to to continue and see more um, so I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Just like mm-hmm. right from, from when, you know, you're 11 or 12, if you get the chance to go to the U S open, it just, it just ignites something in you that makes you want more. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and once again, you just mentioned that, that individual aspect, that's the biggest thing about squash is it's, it's individual, all of your junior career, but then, uh, you get to experience some of that as, as kind of a team, uh, whether you're still playing individually but you're traveling somewhere, either representing Ontario, representing Canada, like you guys have, uh, it, it, doing it with your friends. Like, that's just, I'm sure you guys went to Worlds together, all like, you know, best friends. It would have been, you know, like one of the best times of your life. Like, it was something that you'll always remember, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you get to spend every minute together as well. Like, you do everything you train together, you eat together, you room together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot, but it is actually really fun and you slowly even closer than you already might've been. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I think one cool thing about squash as well is you get to choose if you want to travel. It's not based on if you're good enough to be on a team. Like even if you're not good enough to make the national team, you know, for me coming from Saskatchewan, I could still go play us open, British open, all that stuff. Even though I wasn't the best in Canada at the time. I could still do that because I wanted to. It didn't mm. matter that I wasn't 
in the top or made a certain team, you can still go play these events and kind of see other countries play and all that stuff. Yeah. You have the choice. Yeah, 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 totally. And that's that's what keeps so many kids um, motivated in a way where they know that, you know, you can literally just make a trip out of it, go down to Harvard and see all these insane players play. Um, even if you're you're there not to win it, obviously, like you have to be that crazy level uh, to win it. But even just to go down there and experience it, so many kids take that take that perspective, like you just said. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of like in the middle where, you know, I don't really think I'm in that position to win it. But at the same time, like I'm there, like you go to compete and you want that source. But <laughs> it, it's always just it's always the best time. Um, but we can transition here is we've all mentioned like you're both both touring pros you've gone to pan ams commonwealth worlds for squash um and some of that times you've been with with men's teams and women's teams and in squash specifically um there there seems to be from from my perspective a little bit or maybe a lot, I, I don't know much about it, of, of an imbalance between men and women when it comes to like media and maybe money earnings uh, and, you know, the amount of fame you can get uh, by from promotion. Um, but I think you guys have that better perspective that I'd like to talk about is what is your argument there between men and women in, in squash? When it's, is it harder for women to succeed? Maybe is it harder for women to you know get that platform do women actually make less money i i don't know uh but nikki if, if you'd like to start us off there just please i i have no clue so please let me know <laughs> um well recently i don't know exactly when it was but squash has made like our world championships equal prize money mm -hmm. sam do you know the first year that it was equal do you know what year it was i i wonder if it was uh chicago Chicago, yeah, that's what I mm -hmm. So, yeah, which was just two, three years ago, maybe. Um, so recently, squash is making steps to make it more equal, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look at the men's calendar and the women's calendar, they have, you know, in any given month, they have 10 to 15 tournaments to choose from, and we have three or four. Wow. Um, so it's not that it's harder for us to succeed. I don't think like we put in the same work. We try just as hard mm -hmm. as they do. You know, mm -hmm. we do other things, but we just don't have as many opportunities to get those ranking points or make as much money. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And based on that, do you think that like, like what I, I've never understood? What, what do you think the reasoning for that is? Because obviously they're able to, to choose, right? They make the calendars. They choose where the tournaments are. Is it, do they think that, that men attract more? So that's where they, they give more tournaments, uh, or do the men make, make more money for the companies? Well, it's actually like clubs that choose. Mm -hmm. So for example, if your club wanted to run a professional event, you guys can choose if you want to make it men or women. So it's not PSA that actually makes those decisions. It's. Mm -hmm clubs that choose so oh, okay yeah so it's not psa choosing to like make this a men's tournament because it's going to be more attractive mm -hmm. um it's the squash club that runs it yeah and and like you mentioned that recently they've changed the money um 
was there a lot of was there a lot of drama between like the men uh from from the women's side was there a lot of argue, arguing uh about <laughs> about not getting equal pay um sam would know more about that one than i would because she was sort of at the top that i was playing world events yet mm-hmm. i want to give you some information there yeah sam go ahead sure um i think first of all i'll talk about that like particular situation um once, you know, PSA started to, to push women's events, there were some changes in the structure of PSA. Um, there was definitely a lot of differing opinion out there. And I know a concern of the men was that, um, you know, as, as PSA starts to push women more, are they going to get left behind? Like, you know, they have a certain standard right now and everyone's always looking for growth, right? So mm-hmm. are the men going to stagnate while the women are pushed for you know, equal prize money for more events, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a valid concern. I mean, it, it didn't concern me that much because I thought it looked like they were doing great and there were lots of events. And it looked like a healthy tour, in my opinion, um, yep. but I don't know the ins and outs of the men's tour. Uh, so I really appreciated PSA's push. I know a lot of companies were looking for equality uh, around that time too. That was starting to kind of come up in like, you know, the business finance world, the companies that were sponsoring events. So mm-hmm. I think that all together at the same time. And I really do think uh, things are pretty healthy right now. I think what it comes down to right now, as Nikki said, the calendars look very different. And I actually think this is more of a systemic sort of social issue, if I may call it an issue, mm-hmm. um, in that there's less women who who are involved at the grassroots um, level. And mm-hmm. as, as girls age through uh, being teenagers, through you know their early, like early adulthood, they're gonna drop off from playing competitive sports. Um, and I don't know all the exact numbers, but I'm involved in an organization that knows like all the numbers, it's called Fast and Female. And it's astonishing the number of girls that drop out of competitive sports. So mm-hmm. I think the problem is more like programming for you know, very young girls and teenagers and young adults. Um, and and also having more role models like myself and Nikki, if I may be so bold, you know. <laughs> there, if there's more of us and there's more professional women players, then, then you know, that will push a bigger grassroots entry into sports and, and make girls stay in sports, mm-hmm. which will then, you know, increase the number of tournaments because there's more people playing, there's... Um, there's more demand, there's more like, higher quality, um, you know, there'll be more girls for for PSA uh, tournaments throughout Canada. For example, right now, I think there's like maybe three PSAs for women and maybe like 10 or more for, for the men. Um, but, you know, a lot of our players can't play all those events because there's only four or five of us playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we can't participate in all of them because, uh, you know, some, of, some people are doing really well, so they have to fly to Hong Kong instead of playing the tournament in Calgary, let's say. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's. I think it's a very complicated issue, hence why you know it's not yeah. easily solved. Very but I do think it's very much a social, um, grassroots sort of issue and programming through human early adulthood. Yeah, to- totally. Uh, and and you just and you just said though, right? Is you know, getting those role models, in, and you can speak for for all, right? <laughs> I think squash definitely is a sport where you know people are are going professional, not 
a hundred percent like you know basketball or tennis you know, for that money right like there's not there's not too much money going on in squash unless you're like you know you know best of the best i guess uh there's that sense of just like you know that's what you love to do you know that's that's it's just love the sport um and that it is what keeps you going and if you want women uh more women or teenagers or men as well to keep playing the sport then you just need to get them involved and making sure that they love squash, right? Because, like you said, if you see more numbers about them, more and more uh, teenagers kind of like dropping squash or not going pro, um, it, it's because that they know unless they they love, love doing it, then maybe they're not going to get their financial needs uh, from from playing right because you know you really got to love it and you really got to train and whatever right so yeah you're you're super right when when you talk about that social issue i think it's definitely a problem that that happens in all sports um and squash i don't know as much about because it doesn't it doesn't have that platform it doesn't have all the stuff on the media talking about the inequality um in in money between men and women in squash right so I think that's all of our ultimate goals is to try and get squash out there for that platform. Um, but you know, that's that's great. I love hearing that. That's super interesting. But kind of got an ending question here uh, to make it a little more fun um, is I want to ask you guys about long careers with lots of events, lots of ups and downs. I know I've had ups and downs and I've probably had half the career you guys have. Um, and... I, I wanted to ask possibly one uh, or, you know, the biggest kind of regret or something you'd change from your squash careers uh, if you could, if you could choose. Just, just one thing. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Um, so whoever wants to start, go ahead. Um, I think I would have moved to Toronto earlier and started competing professionally earlier than I did. I mm -hmm. took a few years off after high school. I also started squash late. Like I started at 14. Um, I wish I started earlier. My dad tried and I really didn't like it. And I came back at 14. So I think just in general, starting earlier, playing more. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then moving to Toronto right away just to get more competition, more coaching, more training. Um, you know, people who really understood the high level part of squash. You just didn't really get that in Saskatchewan. So I think that would be my biggest Thing that I would change is just doing all that earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a cool perspective because yeah, you're obviously somewhere where in Saskatchewan uh, the tournaments like there's relatively uh, like little opportunities to train as much as there is in Toronto. Like Toronto's like one of the biggest in Canada for sure for squash and juniors, other than yeah. probably out west. But yeah, that's really cool. If I can just before Sam you share yours, just jump in for what I would think when it comes to this situation, just to give like some context is only because I I haven't had that long of a junior career. It's probably since I was like eight or nine years old. But I think for me, uh, one of actually the biggest regrets, it's super weird. I probably might sound a little like a spoiled brat here, but it's almost that I, I didn't peak too early in a way. It, it, and it, it, I might not make sense there because you know, at probably my best years of juniors was when I was, you know, like nine and 10 years old. Uh, I was doing well. And that's when, you know, height and, 
you know, strength didn't matter as much. So my skill seemed to be better than most kids. Uh, but then once that height and everything got, uh, it turns out that I was not motivated. I was, you know, not playing squash as much as the other guys because I didn't, I didn't really need to, right? I, I was just saying, you know, oh, I can play less and focus on other things uh, if I, as long as I'm still doing, you know, well in tournaments, right? And then eventually these guys start catching up, catching up, catching up, and then they, they beat me. And then I was dropped uh, a long, for a long time for sure, like way behind, uh, because they had been consistent, you know, six days a week, hard training to be those number ones for so long. And I was kind of, you know, just in there, not training as much. And before you know it, I was way behind. So I think the biggest regret for me was only that, not that I was worse than them, but definitely like at their level. So just I had that kind of motivation to keep growing, like the, the motivation to go out there six times a week because if I didn't, then that everyone else was going to beat me. So I thought I'd just share that real quick there. But Sam, if you go ahead and uh, I'd like to hear yours. Yeah, actually, on that note, I think that's a really interesting thing about sports is that you you can it rarely have both, you know, the mm -hmm. extra motivation and the talent. And I think mm. you just yourself as a very good example of that and you've got a I think a couple of tryhards with Nikki and I here <laughs> and I, I mean what is that mindset where you know the number ones in the world right now Nikki you can maybe talk to this number one in the world uh, <laughs> yeah right we got one right here yeah it's so hard to to be the best I think it must be so hard I have no idea but to be the best and to still have that extreme motivation that you're talking about. Um, I know so many people who are so talented, but they, they don't, they don't really want to do the work. It's hard, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I know so many people that put in like jillions of hours, but don't get the results. Yeah. Um, so it's a rare beast that comes through that has both, you know, and it's, that's why, you know, watching sports is so cool seeing those people and, and learning about what they've done to make that happen. Yeah, you're right. There's so many factors, for sure. You, you we, yeah, I'm sure all of us have seen those, those one or two, uh, you know, just like unreal people at the top of that list. Um, and you know, you do have to admit we're all we're all different. Some of us, some of us are kind of willing to make those, you know, slight sacrifices if it means that in their squash career or whatever they're gonna uh, be at the top longer, but they're gonna have to, you know, sacrifice some things in their social life, maybe, maybe academics, I don't know what it is, but it, it definitely takes a, and I've talked about this with multiple guests actually uh, on the show, like it, it takes a very specific person uh, and a specific mindset to accomplish what you're saying for sure. Yeah, I definitely think so. So Sam, if you- So what's if, your biggest regret? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's, let's hear your biggest regret here. I'm interested. She's avoiding it. <laughs> she doesn't want to admit it. So since we have Nikki here, I think one of my, like, this isn't a regret because I can't change it, but uh, or I couldn't do anything more at the time, but I really wish we'd beat India at the Commonwealth Games. Like, <laughs> really bad. Was it India? Yeah, or was that India? Uh, at the, like, yeah. in the double match at Commonwealth. Like, we were in the quarters, I think, and I wish that we India. won that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it devastates Nikki, too. 
It does. It really does. <laughs> so close. Yeah, that's um, something. We, uh, that's... we were up pretty big too. And then, we were up. <laughs> we were up like nine four or something, something crazy. And were those? What was that the at Commonwealth? Is it double? Is it doubles on the doubles court, or or what is that when you play doubles, but it's on that shorter but wider court? What is that's that what called? That's what it was. Yeah. So it's doubles. It was that. And what's the, sorry? What's yeah. that called? Softball doubles. Softball. So it's like doubles. a singles court length, but six feet wider, and a thirteen inch tin, which is incredible. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so the, and those games are up to eleven though, not fifteen. That's right. So yes. that's why I guess yeah, I guess nine four would hurt a little more knowing that <laughs> you were you were close. That was, those are so tough around. though, because you know you can't change it. That's the that's the hard part. You know that you know. You're gonna kind of, in a in a harsh way, you're gonna have to accept it in a way, but no one ever does. I have, yeah. I even even me, I have a couple of those. Some up two one, ten two. Maybe someone watching this know who who it was against. Uh, up <laughs> ten two two one in the finals of a tournament, uh, and I lost. So oh, th- those ones hurt. Those ones hurt. <laughs> There's some tough ones. Eight straight match balls to lose in a fifth at. 12 years old yeah you're not coming back you're not coming back that easy from those ones (laughs) so before you go i have one other regret that's like not a match that i think maybe could also be helpful for you or other people um not doing the math um earlier in my pro career and it might apply to like juniors as well i don't know how your point system works but do the math. Figure out what is the best uh, approach in terms of tournaments. You should play because you love it, but if you're going to be a professional, you should also be a professional and understand the point system and choose wisely based on that and choose how many events. Because divisors are, you know, kind of complicated, but very important. Mm-hmm. And I learned that the hard way when I stopped playing tournaments and my ranking went up. So do your math. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's that's actually really interesting. Uh, but you think does that relate to, um, like you said, does that relate to rankings? Is that is that mainly what you're talking about? Kind of just understanding what happens with you know the amount of tournaments you play, amount of tournaments you win, where you win versus the point system. Is that what you're more talking about? Yeah. So I'm not trying to say like play the system, but mm. it is part of your job. I think, and I didn't really embrace that. You know, I uh, I played so many tournaments because I love playing, I love competing. I wanted to see how I was doing against everyone. I wanted to, you know, get results, and um, I played so many tournaments that my actual results were diluted. So, like yeah. the good results I had were, you know, didn't matter as much against the bad ones. So, I had to, to play less so that when I, you know, the good results that I had mattered a lot. Does that make sense? For sure, for sure. And yeah, just you just said it. You don't want to feel like you're cheating the system, but at the same time, if you really look at it, it is it is kind of part of it's part of it. It's part of what you gotta do. Everyone does it. Uh and and no one really looks at it as uh as, you know, cheating or or doing a bad thing. It's it's part of the, the entire thing, right? So whatever. Um but that's that's awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. That's gonna do it for us. Um, I hope to see you soon. Sam, keep repping the Beavers. 
Uh, Nikki, I'm sorry. Maybe we'll get you next year. Um, but, yeah, maybe not. I, I, I think I think we got to keep Sam keep Sam in the spotlight. Oh. That's all I'm saying. I'll always be a lizard, Josh. I'll lizard for life. Lizard. No, no, that's not what I wanted to hear. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Thanks, Josh. Hopefully we'll play squash together soon. Yes, definitely. Hopefully we can. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> bye. Well, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, please like, subscribe, uh, comment any suggestions you have on the show, what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, and please, if you don't mind, share with as many friends as you can. Uh, anyone who hasn't seen the show, I'm sure hopefully they'll like it. Um, you have no idea what sharing can do. It, it does a lot for the show. It uh, really gets the name out there, so I love to do that. Uh, I'd like to thank my sponsor, IPS Insurance. Without them, none of this would be possible. Um, and, of course, I'd like to thank my guests for coming on. They did a great, it was a great conversation. Uh, it was cool for me because it kind of reunited this cool little group we had back when I was probably, you know, nine, nine or ten years old, this little kid commentating. Uh, for some squash tournaments, uh, it, it, it was cool. Um, we The whole gang was back. But uh, if you can't watch it on YouTube, uh, no problem. You can always watch it at Simply Sports on Spotify. But if I can suggest YouTube, might be a little better if you have the opportunity. Just because, you know, it gives that visual aspect. You got the room, you got everything. Uh, you know, why wouldn't you? But anyways, that's going to do it for me, guys. I'm going to be signing off. Host Josh K. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to see you guys soon. Take care. Bye.